It's trash day, I'm putting you out, it's trash day. Putting you out, it's trash day. Putting you out of my mind. It's trash day, I'm putting you out, it's trash day. I'm putting you out, trash day, I'm putting you out of my mind. Now I'm gonna clean up, now I'm gonna clean up, now I'm gonna clean up the house. I'm taking all your garbage, taking all your garbage, taking all your garbage. <clears throat> it starts with some beer, so you shouldn't have fear. Two garbage guys with facts, but they both still have tact. It's that time at last for the best damn podcast. It's Can Crusher Day! And welcome to another edition of Can Crusher Spotlight. And really, I was really excited, let me say that, to have this guest on the show. Uh, former OVW TV champion, but um, I kind of got myself into a little trouble during this interview, and uh, let's rewind to Wednesday as well. Paul calling out Chad Miller and William Alexander Moore. So just so you guys know, on Wednesdays we're gonna have rebuttals from them. Uh, you guys, I leaked what was being said about Randall Floyd that you know we're kind of in a feud. So I, I really don't know where this is going to go or where this is going to take uh, our partnership with OVW. Like, Randall, I, I, I got to let you guys listen to it first, and then maybe at the end we'll come back and uh, wrap this up. But, guys, after this, after this commercial uh, spot from Collar and Elbow... We'll have the Randall Floyd interview that I had earlier this week, and oh, I, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm just I'm worried from things that were said, and I'm in trouble. Wrestling, a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow. The wrestling brand. And welcome back to another edition of Can Crusher Spotlight. And this week we have a former OVW television champion a couple times, maybe two or three. Nonetheless, uh, welcome to the show, Randall Floyd. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm feeling fantastic. Thank you very much for having me today. How are you? I'm doing well. A uh, little hiccups, but uh, awesome. we're doing well. So let, <laughs> let's start at the beginning. You know, we like doing the whole recap of your life and career. Who introduced you to wrestling as a little Randall? Uh, as a little Randall, I would say uh, uh, my parents. Um, we grew up, when I was growing up, uh, 
WWF and uh, WCW was getting really big. So this I'm talking 96, 97 when I first started watching. I'm a six, seven year old kid. Um, you know, the NWO just became a thing. That's that's one of my very first memories of wrestling was Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan coming out and introducing everybody, the entire world, to the to the new world order. So um, I, I've just been a big fan ever since and. Um, yeah, so since then, um, we had a, a wrestling club back when I was a kid, um, amateur wrestling, uh, little to my knowledge. I know it was not uh, real wrestling, as I like to like to say. So we showed up to wrestling camp, and uh, I wasn't hitting anybody with chairs, so I was fairly disappointed in that. But I would say, uh, yeah, the 96-97 WCW NWO. I was a huge WCW fan as a kid. You know, I, I want to sidebar on one thing real quick. You said you were upset yeah. about not hitting anybody with chairs. I think that goes <laughs> along with everybody. Any kid that joined, like, junior Olympic wrestling or whatever you got, not whole wrestling or yeah. whatever, the first thing you want to do when you get out on that mat is either punch somebody in the face or hit somebody with a chair, and you're not allowed. Right, and I remember they're showing us single-leg takedowns, and I was like, what the hell is this? I'm not interested in any of this. I'm six or seven years old. It's like, okay, good joke. Where's the chairs at? And then uh, I, uh, I found out shortly the uh, next hour or so that that was not going to be happening. And then you hated it from there, right? I actually uh, I did for about a year. I was like, this is stupid. I don't like it. And then I, uh, I started getting good at it, and I, I really fell in love with the uh, amateur wrestling so I, I did that for the better part of the uh the last 20 years right and so I kind of fell into professional wrestling once my uh my amateur career was over about four years ago okay uh who are some of you you said uh the nwo you were mostly wcw fan as a child not mostly, but that was kind of my first memories of wrestling was, was WCW. And like the big time guys back then were, you know, Lex Luger, Hulk Hogan, uh, Randy Savage, all those guys um, are, are some of my first memories of wrestling. Um, it wasn't until um, really that Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock really started popping off that I even, I didn't even know WWF existed. And then those guys, I started hearing about those guys at school and I was like, wait a minute, that, that sounds way cooler than what I'm watching. And then we always ended up just jumping back and forth from, uh, WCW to, to Monday Night Raw. Uh, was it Nitro and, uh, Raw? Yeah. So. I compare um, I compare you. You have a little bit of Stone Cold in you. Just the way I see you come <laughs> to the ring, I'm like, oh, man, Randall Floyd, ha you know, I'm waiting for the black leather vest to come out pretty soon and uh, you stunning people all over the place. I think it was our God-given haircut. Uh, that might that might be a little part of it, too. Yeah, I think so, too. Kind of <laughs> fell into our haircuts, by uh, not by choice. So yeah, that's just the way life goes. You uh, you have a great amateur background, and actually talk about that. You you wrestled some in college, correct? Correct. It, so I wrestled at the uh, the University of Indianapolis from '09 to 2013. Um, I wrestled 197 pounds for them for the, the four years that I was there. Um, really, more or less, just kind of getting myself ready to what. I was eventually and always working towards, which was the next step into getting into professional wrestling. So um, 
that kind of capped off close to 20 about I was about 18 years then of, of amateur wrestling I kind of coached for a year uh, back home and, uh, and worked and saved up money uh, to get myself into a professional wrestling ring for the next year after that and uh, the rest kind of just took off from there yeah, and here we are, end of interview. No, 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 not end of interview yet. <laughs> All right, yeah, it was good talking to you, and we'll see you later. Right. No, uh, <laughs> so th- that's a goal that 19 years, some people would have put that on the back burner not knowing, you know, shit, am I going to get in there or am I not? And then uh, how do you select OVW? Uh, so OVW was not my first selection. I um, I – Saved up for a year, and a friend of uh, mine, uh, Mickey, Mickey and I, we moved out to California, um, and it was there that I started wrestling for the first time inside of a uh, wrestling ring. So what had happened was we moved out there with the intentions of kind of slacking up for another year, and then uh, before kind of getting serious into anything else, um, he actually still lived out there. I, I moved back, obviously. But uh, what had happened was I... Uh, was just looking around and just kind of messing through and looking through professional wrestling schools. And there was one in uh, San Diego, California, which just happened to be where I was living at the time. So really all I did was just answer a, uh, a local wrestling ad. Um, and about two days later, I was inside of a wrestling ring training out at uh, SoCal Pro, which uh, they were featured on uh, Total Divas or Total Bellas or something, one of the two. Um, where they were out training was at uh, SoCal Pro. So that is where I got my start uh, with Anthony Idol, uh, Mike Camden, Jeff Dino, guys like that. Um, that actually got me my start in wrestling. Uh, it wasn't until 2017 that I uh, I moved back and I uh, started just immediately jumped into uh, training with Rip Rogers and Matt Capitelli here at OVW. So... The, the training in California, training now in Kentucky, how, how do they differ? You know, the, there are two different styles, correct? Um, sort of. So they do teach. When I was first training out in California, we would train um, four days a week. Uh, three of those would be American style, and that last day of the week we would learn lucha since it's so close to the border down there in Mexico. Um, so... I know a little bit of lucha wrestling as well. Um, so we would get lucha training. So, I mean, the high-flying stuff and all that all that fun, uh, flippy, entertaining stuff, I can actually do. I just I choose not to for uh, certain reasons. Right. Uh, <laughs> in, in seeing some braces and some pads on, uh, we understand the reasons. We, we really do. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joint issues, all that fun stuff. That's how you gotta keep yourself protected. It doesn't take much uh, to really hurt yourself doing this. And you know, having such an extensive uh, wrestling background for almost 18 years, um, I've beaten myself up pretty much my whole life. So this doesn't uh, this doesn't change anything here. It's all still the kind of the same stuff. Getting beat up, bumps and bruises. You learn to adapt, you adjust, and you keep moving forward. Yeah, this is a legit message from Randall Floyd. Don't try this at home because we are trained professionals, right? That's right. That is correct. So tell us a little bit about 
who Randall Floyd is. As I said, I I picture him as a a stone cold type of deal because of the hair, but also an all American guy <laughs> that's going to drink a lot of beer on the back of a tailgate. That's who my Randall Floyd is. Well, uh, I actually uh, one time, uh, one time I drank so much uh, so much beer that I blacked out and I don't remember much, and that was the last time I drank beer. So it's been a solid four or five years since I've done that. Um, but, uh, as far as who I am, I'm just, uh, you know, the guy that wants to go out there and get the job done. So, um, by whoever I've got, who you, you kind of touched on it, whoever's ass I got a kick to do, do uh, just that. I mean, that's what's going to happen. And that's what I'm out there to do. Be as aggressive as possible and, and go out and, uh, do my best to pick up that victory. Uh, you've mentioned before three-time OVW television champion. I, I want to add more to that. I want to add more championships, heavyweight tag, whatever's there, whatever's available for me. That's what I'm wanting. So that's what I go out there, and that's my my end goal to just go out there and kick some ass, like you said. Nice. So recently you returned <laughs> from said injury. Um, just because that injury, you actually surprised everybody. You have not been on OVW for a while. You were like, I don't want to say that you were forgotten, but you show up. In the TV gauntlet match, and how was that knowing that this is your first time coming back through those curtains at Davis Arena? Did you get the jitters of like first match feeling all over again? Uh, I, I'll say that uh, there's not a match that I've really had uh, in my career that I haven't felt a little bit of jitters uh, right before. You always got that little bit of nervousness. It's it's more of like an anxious nervousness. You just want to get out there and just go out there and have fun. But um, that first night back was um, – it, it felt like my very first day in there again, uh, my very first match that I ever had. So I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen. I don't know if these people remember me, um, and I I, uh, I don't know. I, like you said, came off of a, an injury, so I had a knee injury uh, this last year. Uh, in November, so I was kind of nervous about that. I didn't know how my my leg would react. Um, I didn't know how the crowd react. Like I said, so when my music hits and uh, everybody's still quiet, I go, "Oh shit, these people don't remember who I am." <laughs> so then uh, uh, I'm able to walk out there, and they, it takes them a second, but they realize who I am. And it was a a very great feeling. It kind of get in your stomach there. That all that nervousness that was there kind of all flies away and. Uh, the rest just kind of takes over. It's more of an adrenaline thing than anything. But it was a really awesome time. Um, that return was real exciting for me, and I'm glad that the uh, the fans gave me the support that they did upon that return. And when you returned, you had a little bit of a difference to you. Um, something was blonde. Uh, something was very highlighted. <laughs> something was just a beacon in the light. What was the, the dyed mustache for? So um, a month before my return, I had a opportunity with WWE. I, I got called and invited to have a tryout with them uh, down in Florida. So what had happened, in the, as the timeline goes, um, they call me. They say, let's see, it's late October, early November. They say, hey, we want to see you down here for a tryout. It'll be sometime early March uh, or late March. 
So I'm like, oh, great, awesome, yeah, I'll be there. Um, about three days later on television, I ended up tearing a ligament in my knee. So that was the timeline of where we're at here. Um, I got the surgery a couple weeks after that. But to get back to your question, um, I had to do something a little bit different to make myself notice to keep them because I wanted eyes on me. That's the whole point of your tryout really is to kind of, especially your first one down there is to more or less turn some heads and get some people noticing you. So um, I went in and was going to just go with the straight mustache. Well, um, just before, I think it was the night or two nights before um, I'm watching Monday Night Raw and um, Bobby Roode has just shaven his face into a mustache. So I'm thinking, great, now I got to do something different. I immediately jumped up and when we went to the store and I got some, uh, some, uh, hair bleach for my mustache and I, I bleached, uh, bleach blonde my mustache there to just get myself, uh, to look just a little bit different and kind of get, like I said, people to turn their heads and look at me and it, it worked. Uh, the second I walked in, somebody goes, Oh boy, look at you. And they shook my hand and, uh, kind of laughed about it and just went on from there. So the plan ended up working. It was more or less, it was to get myself noticed at my WWE tryout. And it did get you noticed, as you said, because a few months later, you're in the ring with the Lucha House Party, and my God, watching it on a 75-inch TV, it was the goldest mustache that I've ever... It was like, it was (laughs) golder than Hulk Hogan's trunks. I mean, it was a beacon. Uh, (laughs) Talk about the raw experience that you had. So the raw experience was wild. Um, this was my f- first time on uh, national TV, but I had done extra spots for WWE before. I never made it to TV, but I was backstage, and um, you get tryout matches and all that before that, and that's essentially what I got my um, official tryout down in Florida from. Um, I had been in talks with William Regal, but Scott Armstrong recommended me for a tryout. They kind of collided and and whatever I got down there. So Monday Night Raw, this was a couple months ago now. Um, It was like two weeks after my tryout. I hadn't even come back to OVW television yet. Um, But they gave me the call because they were here in Louisville. Um, But they had us go out to Cincinnati for Monday Night Raw. Louisville uh, was the SmackDown on Tuesday. So we get there, and they were saying that we need some bodies for um, the Lucha House Party. So, of course, I was one that was selected there among two others um, to wrestle those guys. So the experience is really wild. So they had the segment before us was Braun Strowman and Sami Zayn. They were doing some chase, and they were running around the arena. We're tucked into some little corner behind a curtain because we have to sprint out there during uh, the Lucha House Party's entrance to be there on time to get the match set up because we can't go down the ramp. They're coming out live, um, and there's all that commotion going on, and we're right on next. So <clears throat> we'll stand behind the curtain. We're getting, uh, we haven't gotten to go yet. And uh, Braun Strowman and Sami Zayn come sprinting through the curtain that we were just at, which is why they wouldn't let us go. The referees say, no, no, they're coming our way. We can't go out there. So they come through, and immediately Lucha House Party's music hits, and we're nowhere near the ring. Oh, so, no. <laughs> during their entire end. Yeah, we're not nowhere near the ring. Um, we are to the right of the entrance, so and even further back. 
So as soon as those guys clear and the cameras aren't on us, their music's already hitting and they're going down the ramp and we are sprinting through the crowd to get our films to the ring uh, to, to essentially beat them there. And I think we just made it. It was, it was pretty wild. Like as they're jumping into the ring, I think I'm jumping up onto the apron uh, to get myself in position. So um, it was hectic, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I had a couple of minutes there to kind of just look around and, uh, and, you know, standing in front of 15,000 people is, is pretty wild. So um, getting to do that and a lot of people saw it, and getting text messages and phone calls, the whole experience of it was, it was really awesome. If anybody, you know, gets the chance, I, obviously I highly recommend it. Did you get the did you get to uh, bend the ear of anybody in the back? Did you get the you know some of the diva anything? Did you talk to anybody backstage and say, "Hey, I'm Randall Floyd, and uh, tell me what to do because you know this is what I'm doing" or anything? Uh, so that was, I think, my third time there. So you kind of have an idea of what you what you do and what they want from you. Um, it's more or less stay out of everybody's way. Uh, but before the show, you kind of get an opportunity to see people, and if they talk to you, they talk to you. Um, I had met Randy Orton like three years ago um, where he uh, had gotten uh, my trainer Rip Rogers and I tickets to a SmackDown Live show. So the whole time we got to sit backstage and just talk with him until, you know, he went out for his match and then he came back and we kind of sat around for a few hours. So um, he recognized me. He talked to me for about a minute. Um, like a year and a half ago, I got to wrestle at, at OVW. Actually, I got to wrestle... Uh, Rockstar Spud, who is now Drake Maverick at WWE, so he knows who I am. So he always comes down. He'll come marching down the uh, the steps every time he sees me and has a has a good conversation with me. He's a real fun guy. Um, so those are really the only two guys that I, I truly talk to, um, just because they're the, really the only ones that I know. <laughs> Nice, nice. Those are two, you know, Randy Orton is, you know, a legend within himself. And Rockstar Spud seems like, uh, or Drake Maverick, you know, whatever you want to call him. I still like the Rockstar Mm -hmm. Rockstar Spud name. Um, He just seems like he's a great human being and a fun guy. He's he's a really fun guy. He's he's hilarious to be around. He's always got a great joke for you when you're there. Um, He kind of pals around. Um, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's always been fun every time I've had a, interaction with them it's always been pretty hilarious so side question from the whole wwe thing um i heard the food that you get uh, backstage is amazing like unbelievable that you get to go through this catering line is that still correct uh yeah it's pretty awesome uh as as in (laughs) when i was there i mean eating was uh all that i did so they got a tv set up in the catering and so you can just watch a show from there and Really, if you're not doing anything, there's no reason to leave that area. So I just sat there and ate the whole time. It was, it's pretty incredible. All right. Well, just clarify. Because <laughs> a couple other people are like, well, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, you know what? I know. Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. It's incredible. The, the, the catering spread that they got, it's amazing. There's there's really no beating it. <laughs> nice. All right. Recently, yeah, it's real good. Recently, you competed in the OVW Combine, the first ever OVW Combine. Before you go, you are a bona fide OVW star already. You know, you know where your path is. You know where everything's aligned. So why compete in it? You know, you're a champion. You're a champion's champion. Why? Why do the Combine? Uh, I mean, why not? Why not do the Combine? Um, there was. 
there's there's really no reason that anybody on the OVW roster wasn't there. Um, this is a huge opportunity for everybody that's involved. Um, Impact Wrestling was there. There's former WWE guys there. Um, there's there's all sorts of connections that you could have gotten through just being at the combine. Uh, Jesse Goddard, who's on Big Brother for NBC, he was there. Uh, you never know what could happen with something like that. He likes you. Maybe he throws an idea to NBC and you get used, and now you're you're making tons of money on national TV, and you don't have to beat yourself up inside of a ring. So, um, why you wouldn't be there? I mean, I don't understand why why nobody would have been there. So, I'm there to compete for that top 15 spot. I'm a I'm a competitor. I've always compet. Um, I've always been competitive. I've, so when I hear that there's an opportunity to win, you know, free scholarship to the first ever uh, pro wrestling trade school, there's no reason that I wouldn't be there. Um, I'm, I'm here to learn um, as much as anybody else. And I've been doing this for a little bit now, but um, not nearly as long as, you know, guys like Al Snow who are going to be leading this school. And if I have the opportunity to learn from him, uh, you know, every single day and it's free, I'm, I'm going to take my chances and compete for that opportunity. Yeah, it's a win-win for those who did not go. And that's across the board from Pittsburgh to Louisville to California. You've known about this mm-hmm. from WrestleMania. What the hell is wrong with you? I don't know. Um, I know that we're going to be doing it at least once a year. Tonight, or this This year I knew was more or less kind of a trial to try and figure it out and see how things were going. And for a first time, uh, we had over 60 people there competing for the opportunity, which was, I thought, pretty good for the first time. Um, the very first Super Bowl wasn't a sellout show, so that's just how that kind of stuff goes. It's going to take some time to build some momentum, but I know next year, um, if we end up doing it again, which I believe is the plan, uh, competition is going to be a lot harder. There's going to be a lot more people there, and it's going to be way more exciting. Yeah, uh, I'm not stepping on toes, but I believe it was closer to 75. And uh, confirmation <laughs> confirmation from Chad, uh, Chad Miller and Al Snow, it is definitely an annual thing. So if you didn't awesome. make the first one, get down there roughly the same time. We'll cover it here on Can Crushers. Don't worry. Da, 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 da. We'll get mm-hmm. into that in the long run. But how do you think you did, and what, did, what was your take of your score uh, after the Combine? So they, the way they had it set up, you were, I think you had a range from one to six on each of the categories that they uh, tested you on, and there were um, different kind of uh, places that you would fall into depending on that score. So there's like superstar, Hall of Fame numbers. Um, Hall of Fame was the highest you could get. I think superstar was the next one. Um, I missed the Hall of Fame number by one point. Um, and that was because I could not participate in the squats because I, uh, like we said, I had that recent knee injury. And at that point, I think I was five months out and I just didn't want to risk, you know, doing anything dangerous when I knew that I could still potentially land myself in the top 15. Um, we haven't gotten results back for it yet, but I'm, I'm very confident in my, uh, what my score was, um, that I, I'm, I'm confident that I got myself in that top 15. I mean, I truly hope so. If not, you just uh, It's something to use as a building block to keep moving yourself forward. So now I've got these numbers and these records. So now what i got to do is if we do this again next year, I've got some numbers and some goals to reach um, that I can see. They're visual. They're right there. 
that I know that I can beat. And it's just a matter of preparing and just working yourself towards um, those goals and beating that for the next time. Has anything changed? Um, I know you guys did a, a fat scan, or I, it's not the technical words, but you guys did like a fat scan. You did uh, joint movements and everything. Has anything changed in your life since then, knowing that, okay, maybe, don't quote me on this because you'll punch me through the internet, uh, maybe, your body, <laughs> maybe your body fat was like at a two, and you now want it down to a negative one or something. Has your eating changed? <laughs> Um, my eating has changed, but that's just because um, I'm trying to do myself a favor um, as far as my body goes and just take care of myself a little bit more. There's, um, I mean, before, I mean, not that I was ever in awful shape, um, but I kind of just ate whatever I wanted and then I would just work out uh, that much harder depending on what I ate. But we've got so many people at OBW now that I've kind of talked to and they've been giving me, you know, diet advice as far as that goes and it's i mean it's going to help in the long run it takes time for it to get there um a lot of rice and chicken and vegetables it's just uh it's whatever but (laughs) um as far as like my body fat percentage when i got there kind of surprised me i expected to be a little bit higher than what it was i was i was thinking i was around 14 or 15 percent and uh the the what they clocked me at was 10%. So I was happy with that. Um, I don't know. I'd like to know what I was before, but um, yeah, it's just something we can use um, to kind of see where we're at and, you know, make those adjustments. And if you got certain goals of where you want to be, I mean, we've got uh, Miss Marvelous who's on our roster um, with Melvin Maximus. Um, they're, you know, former bodybuilders. Uh, Miss Marvelous still is. And she kind of is able to help me out with, because she knows all about this stuff. I think she's competing um, this past weekend, I believe, um, up in Chicago in a bodybuilding competition. And it's cool to see how those kind of people operate. And it kind of gives you a better idea of working out and uh, supplementing in, you know, what foods at what times and all that. And it kind of, it's really interesting how the, the body works in that way. And she's able to, or they are able to break that down and kind of, walk you through it a little bit better and give you a better understanding of, of what you're doing. So when it comes next time for those results of the combine, that you know, things are going to look better for most people if they're seeking out that sort of advice and, you know, taking advantage of it. Yeah. Al Snow has spared no expense for the, I don't, the educators, uh, I don't know what I want to call them, the professors, whatever of the Al Snow wrestling Academy, uh, uh-huh. non-wrestling wise you know we're talking the health wise we're talking you know the social media all of that al snow has gotten the best of the best to help you guys succeed no matter what after your wrestling career is over right right okay eventually um yeah eventually all this stuff will end um it could be i mean it could be tomorrow it could be 10 years from now but regardless we're all putting ourselves in a position where um, at least we're going to be with this trade school that we can use all of these, uh, you know, these fundamental skills that we're going to learn to be able to do something different outside of this, even if it is in the wrestling business or outside the wrestling business. Um, when I hurt my leg, um, I spent all of my time basically being in Al Snow's shadow, just following him around and seeing how things operate. So production meetings, um, I got to 
watch him direct shows and I would keep track of uh, all the times and uh, time cues and um, would talk to the referees and just feed them information. And by, you know, a month or, or two or three months into it, I kind of already knew what he was thinking and I would be able to kind of jump into the referee's ear and let him know kind of just from what I'm seeing and, and what I've been hearing from him to, you know, give them direction on where we are as far as times or what the match needs or what we need from the wrestlers at that point. Um, and I even got the opportunity to um, direct two OVW episodes and a Saturday night special uh, by myself while Al was absent. So you get all these uh, giant opportunities um, just from small little things like that, like a leg injury that you might have, you, you know, you put on the shelf for five months um, and I didn't want to be away from wrestling. So I had to find something, a different way to keep myself involved. And that was basically shadowing Al Snow. And I feel more or less that's what this trade school is going to be is just kind of getting inside of his mind and, you know, 35 plus years of experience from him. Um, us getting that as young students, as young wrestlers, it's going to, it's going to pay off, uh, I think tremendously for all of us. There's a lot more inside that mind too, besides wrestling that we won't cover on the show, but <laughs> a little bit. All right. Uh, so a question, we got three more questions and we'll let you know. We know you're a busy man. One that we always ask at this time, a dream match. Okay. A dream match of anybody, but we need to know the stipulation of the match and where, like if you want it in Kentucky, do you want it at Madison square garden over Japan? So it, it's a free for all who, what, and where, who, what, and where, um, and this is anybody, anytime, Yep. any stipulation dream match. Um, I would say, WrestleMania three, uh, Randall Floyd versus Macho Man Randy Savage instead of uh, Ricky Steamboat. Damn, you're coming with one of the greatest events of all time, <laughs> and and yep, and uh, my favorite wrestler too. So you win. By the way, this this yep. game that I play, you win. <laughs> uh, Randy Savage is my all time favorite wrestler. It's uh, when I first started, it's somebody I tried to model myself after, and I still kind of do a little bit of his mannerisms and I'm trying to find certain ways to make them my own, but um, yeah, he's hands down my favorite. So dream match. That's uh that's the one put place me in there with Randy Savage. A headband would cover that hairline. Just saying. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I got to rock this. I, I don't have much of a choice. So I just got to flaunt it. All right. All right. So, <laughs> Sorry, that was a dig. Um, that was a. I'll see you. I'll see you sometime, and we'll talk about it. it, it you're going to see me at the beginning of August again, so I'll be prepared. <laughs> uh, the advice that you give for youngsters just wanting to get in, get into the business. I mean, you have wrestling, you know, amateur and professional. We said about twenty years. So, what about the people wanting to get into pro wrestling right now? What are you going to tell the next kid in line? <laughs> Uh, then what I would say to the next kid in line that wants to be a professional wrestler is just show up, um, just make it, make yourself get there. Um, that for me was kind of the hardest part. And we touched on a little bit. I was going to move out to California to kind of get away from this stuff. Cause honestly, I was afraid to get myself into it because I, I just didn't know if I could do it. Um, I had that nervousness in me that I just, I wasn't sure that 
it was something I could do. And then one day I just, I paid for it and I made myself show up and I was there. And then once you're there, it's just a matter of continuing to show up. Um, I truly believe that it's, 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 in, um, it's, it's just physically uh, impossible for you to get, in, to get worse at something if you just keep showing up. So um, that's kind of what I've always lived by as far as my amateur wrestling career. Um, I, I mean, there were plenty of times that I was down and out and I just didn't think I could do it anymore. And I just kept showing up and I ended up having a very successful career. Um, and I'm hoping the same kind of happens from, you know, this, this whole professional wrestling thing. Uh, if I can just keep showing up and just keep making it happen, um, I think that, that very good things could, could come my way potentially. So just show up. And that's my advice. Just get there. And that's that's for life too. I mean, you could you, you could just continue Absolutely. to go to work and just drudge through life. But if you show up and actually put forth a little effort, they're going to notice. Oh my God! You know, Mark has done this today. Why don't we give him a little more responsibility? You build on that just by showing up. I love exactly. That. Yep, exactly. All right, so tell everybody out there where they can find you. You're sporadically on social media, so uh, where are you? I'm starting to uh, get a little bit better at it. I'm starting to uh, to use it a lot more, but I am on Instagram and Twitter at Randall Floyd underscore. You can follow me on there. Um, I try to, to be sort of serious, but I like to be silly with it as well. Um, so I like to try to have a little fun with my social media. But the uh, the Twitter and the Instagram is Randall Floyd um, underscore. That'll be all one word. Um, and then finally, I've got uh, OVW is traveling up to Rensselaer, Indiana, uh, at our Jasper County Fair. They're back in my hometown. I'm, I'm after ten long years heading back to my hometown to do a show with OVW, and I just want to uh, kind of plug that when you can pick up your tickets at uh, Ticket Leap uh, Jasper County Fair dot dot com. Uh, be sure to pick up those tickets for the uh, July 20th show at the Jasper County Fair. It's always nice to go home, isn't it? No, it's the best. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's been quite some time since I've been there, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see some familiar faces and hopefully see some new faces at the show. Any other final thoughts uh, before we let you go and uh, beat somebody's head in today? Um. Well... I don't have too many final thoughts. I mean, you did make a lot of uh, bald comments, so the next time we see each other, we'll have some words. I mean, that's really my last. That's all I've been thinking about. I'm kind of over here steaming about it, just getting blood red mad, thinking of uh, what I'm going to do to you next time we see each other. Wonderful. I can't wait. (laughs) So hopefully, all joking aside, uh, Randall Floyd, one hell of an athlete. The comeback from the injury that he did have... Uh, you know, he just comes back stronger. He is the real deal. And once again, uh, somebody that looks up to the macho man. You know, anybody that comes on this show, guys, this is this is a cheap plug for Can Crushers and for Mark. If you want to, you know, get praise from me all the time, just say Macho Man's your favorite. You know, Macho Man was, you know, one of my favorites. So just to say he's your favorite, and I have to kind of see it in you a little bit as well, um, uh, you, you'll get praise all the time. You know, Randall Floyd, I love him. I, I love him. You know, the hairline is fine. Nothing against it. I got the same hairline. All right, guys, I'm really, 
I'm pulling at strings. I'm just trying to find a way to get back on Randall Floyd's good side. I really need this. I don't need the figure four on me. I don't need the real deal slam. I just don't need even punch in the face. Uh, I'm kind of worried. But nonetheless, that's my battle. I'm going to have to uh, take into account when we head back down to Kentucky the beginning of August. Paul's got his own battle he's got to worry about. Uh, I can't be trying to protect him from Chad Miller and William Alexander Moore. I got the real deal after me. So, I don't know. I don't know. But what a great interview this was. Like I said, all joking aside, just to hear everything about Randall Floyd. Uh, somebody we want to talk to more. He's got a lot of matches underneath his belt, and we need to dive into those some more and just talk about some that really stand out to him. So hopefully I can uh, sweep this whole mess that I have underneath the rug and sit down with him again in August. So, guys, if you want to be spotlighted, go ahead and Put, uh, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. It's at CanCrusher69. Or you can send us an email. It's at CanCrusher69 at gmail.com. And it, we'll, we'll set up a time. Set up a time date. We'll do everything. But remember, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. Randall, I'm sorry. You got great hair. <laughs>